Welcome to the Between the Dream podcast. I am your host, Richard Taylor. Today is Friday, December 20th, 2019. I hope you all are doing well. If you are new to the podcast, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening in. Thank you for your continued support. Um, well, I said continued. If you're new, clearly you're not continuing. If you are new to the podcast, thank you for your support. For those of you all that have been here before, thank you for your continued support. I am super, super excited today. Excuse me. That's why I'm fumbling right now because I got a lot of energy and I've got a lot of excitement for today's podcast episode as we are closing out a three-part series that is run this week specifically right before Christmas, right before New Year's, talking about dealing with grief during the holiday season. Such an important conversation. So if you've tuned in, let's backtrack real quick. Recap, Monday, I did the podcast by myself, talking about some ways that we can really figure out how to cope during this time. Wednesday, I had my boy Trey Busy from the Let's Talk It Out podcast come on and give his take on it for part two. And today we close out on Friday with somebody that is near and dear to my heart, somebody that I care a lot about. And I've seen so much growth from, from the last two years. And it's been crazy taking pain and turning it into power. If there was a way to put this in the dictionary as a definition, my homegirl, my sister from South Jersey, Jay Nicole would be right by the word in the dictionary. Jay Nicole, the Grief Bully, is with us today. She is the host of the Grief Bully podcast and the author of the Grief Bully journal that just released about a week or so ago and is doing phenomenal things. You talk about somebody who has an expertise in this field, look no further than Jay Nicole. Jay Nicole, thank you so much for being in tune with us today. Thank you for being on the podcast. Welcome. What's up, King? What's going on? You are far too kind with your introduction, but I, I was gonna I, gas you up. <laughs> gas, gas. I mean, head is in the clouds right now. But you know, it's all love. I, I love you, man. Like your spirit, everything. I'm always excited to be on, you know, and chat with yourself you and your that. guests. I love you too. So look, thank you so much for tuning in. So um as I was doing, so I'm gonna be honest with you. When I thought this podcast through, it was going to be a one-off. Like Monday, when I recorded it, I was like, I'm a, it's going to be a one-off. And then I finished it, and I felt this like stupid urge in my spirit where I was like, hey, no. I was like, you need to do two more parts. And there were two people that came to mind, but you came to mind. Listen, you know, we start off strong. You got your opening picture. You got your pitcher that gets you through the game. And then you got your closer to make sure that the win is sealed and solidified. You are the closer for this. You have been killing it with the Grief Bully podcast. And then you just go ahead and you release this Grief Bully journal that accompanies not only the podcast, but it is a walking guide for people who are currently dealing with grief, have dealt with grief in the past, past excuse me, or you never know how life happens, might deal with grief in the future, right? And maybe it's not them. Maybe it's an individual who's connected to people that deal with grief. You have been killing it. So before we hop into what we're going to talk about, I, I, look, let the people know who you are. W what are you doing on this side of the work with grief? Uh, what started it for you? And what has happened in 2019 for you with this work as the grief bully? 
no, that's that's all awesome things. I definitely, again, I'm, I'm super thankful for everything that you said. So yes, guys, I am Jay Nicole. I am the host of the Grief Fully Podcast. I reside in the South Jersey area. Specifically, I'm from Longside, New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, you're, what's up? <laughs> you are crazy. And so I, I definitely am um, excited to be on here, but I am the host of the Grief Fully Podcast. It's a weekly podcast surrounded around grief, no kidding. And so the, the concept with that was that, you know, we can bully grief together. We took a spin on the word bully. It generally has a negative connotation, but it was my thought process and my desire to rally and build a community, a force of people that can feel like they're not alone and we can fight this thing together. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I spend my time every week on that podcast. And then, like you said, I just released the Gratefully Guided Journal on my birthday. I, that was last Wednesday, December the 11th. I turned 20, uh, 24. Oh my goodness. <laughs> the devil's a liar. I actually did 34. And 34? so, hey, black yeah. don't crack. You are and, looking <laughs> younger than Come on. Look, they preach. Let's talk about it. So, so that's something that I did last week. And I'm really excited about it. It's definitely something that was on my spirit. You know, I took it to God, prayed about it, felt like it was the right time to do it. It's something that I think will challenge, like you said, someone who, has experienced grief in the past, currently yeah. experiencing it, or someone who hasn't, but it might give you the heads up on some of the things that you actually might face. So mm -hmm. just wanted to tell you a little bit about that. And that's what I spend my time. I know it can sound a little eerie, pot potentially, that I spend so much time talking about grief, immerse myself with grief, but I just have a passion and a heart for it, man. There's so many hurting people out there. And I just want to take care of our community with that. Well, you know what, though? And, and it could sound um, a little eerie, but I'll say this, though. Um, I think that, and we're just going to flow with this. I know you and I kind of went through a, a whole run through real quick. We're going to flow with this real quick. Because you said that, as eerie as it might sound, there's a lot of beauty in this conversation in space of grief, right? There's a lot of growth that takes. So if you, you I know you and I talked about the first episode of grief that I did earlier this week, and I had a conversation with another lady who I know very well. She's older, probably closer to her 70s, lost her husband maybe about five, six, seven years ago. Um, and I was talking to her today. She said something very interesting to me. She talked about how in the losing of her husband early on, she actually tried to step out on faith to... Um, deal with the grief and she did it in one of the challenging ways that I talked about which was this idea of hey take a trip right learn how to travel on your own she did this hear me she conquered it early on but she ended up finding struggles because she ended up taking trips to places that her and her husband went to together mm. and she crumbled in the space while it was there this was when it first happened. Now you look seven years later and she's actually in a space where she can now do it and do it and not crumble even though it's in a shared sacred space. And I took from that moment, cause she said it to me, she was like, you know, sometimes we do things early on in grief, but she was like, many times when we try and do something in grief and we fail early on, it can scare us to the point where we never try it again. So in her space of growth and grieving over the last, what, 29, actually eight years, because it's 11, so 2019 now, 
she's talked about how in the failures within grief, she still found an immense amount of growth. And that stuck out to me. I was like, Yo, yeah. that's crazy. Mm-hmm. So even though it, in back to your point of, it can be eerie in the conversation, there is a lot of uh, maturation that can take place in what we consider eerie, obviously given respects to the process, but man, this process can actually turn out to be something not only powerful for us, but for somebody else as well. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And I, I would agree with that as well, as far as maturing in your grief and then feeling like potential failure or scared or what that triggered you to do. And I think a lot of times when I'm presented with the question as to how am I doing so well or why do things seem to be easier for me when it comes to grief and mm-hmm. loss. And I think a lot of that, and I always say, has to do with my ability to trust myself with my emotions. So mm-hmm. I think that that's probably what she was eventually able to do is to know that if she goes on these trips and she goes into these sacred places and, you know, while, yeah, it can make her a little upset, she trusts herself to know that it's not going to ruin her entire trip and she can bounce back and she can make the most of it where early on in her grief, she probably wasn't really feeling that confident in that or really understanding or knowing, mm-hmm. you know, where she was. So Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, no. So it's so good. Look, and I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you for sharing that bit of insight for us real quick. Um, And thank you for all of the work that you were doing. Obviously, mental health is so important. The conversations that we've been having around the country with what's going on and grief plays a huge part in that. Right. Um, So I am inspired by the work that you do and everything that you do. I want to jump in. So Trey Busy and I talked on Wednesday. Um, about a few different concepts around the conversation of grief. One being the person that is going through it from a loss. The second being actions from a person who has experienced it, but they have unconsciously been acting out in grief, but they aren't conscious to knowing it. And then the third were people who might not be going through grief, but maybe they're connected to people who are going through grief, right? And maybe they don't know that they're connected, but what, you know, just in that being a good human being, being an individual who can be an avenue and a gateway of love for others, it's still important for us to take this to learn as well, right? So let's do this. Um, In the breakdown, I want you to be able to give your best advice to each one of those groups. Let's start with the person that is knowingly going through grief. You carry a ton of experience. Let me know. What advice would you give for the individual that is going through grief during this holiday season, being reminded of things, being reminded of spaces, situations, whatever it is, if you could shoot from the hip, what would you give them? Take your time. Take your time. Be kind to yourself. Put yourself first. Mm. Definitely those things. And I say that because especially during a holiday season, and I think you touched on this a little bit on your episode as well is you can feel a lot of pressure to do a lot of things that you don't want to do and feel uncomfortable in certain situations. You do have to take your time and it doesn't have to be just because you've experienced a recent loss. It can be many years, but a lot of things can trigger you to feel uncomfortable. I don't feel that my mission is solely for people who are presently dealing with grief. I lost my grandmother three years ago. You know, I lost my friend, one of my close friends six years ago. And this would be my first Christmas without my dad. So, you know, there's a lot of things that that come up there, but I think also with that, I would say is to not set an expectation for yourself. 
because when you have certain expectations and you feel like a failure, you feel lost, you're putting more pressure. So if, for example, with my birthday that just passed, this was my first birthday without my father. Now, two weeks prior to my birthday, I'm like, oh, my birthday's going to be terrible. I'm going to feel so sad. He's not going to call me. I'm not going to get a text message, a car, all of these things. And actually on my birthday, I was driving in my car to work by myself. Yes, I worked on my birthday. <laughs> and I said, I know what you guys would have said. I've heard you say happy birthday and my pet names from them multiple times over the years. I just said I turned 34. So I know what it would have sounded like to hear them say that. So I don't, I didn't actually hear their voice, but I felt like, and I said, thank you. Thank you both. Mm -hmm. I love you both. So instead of turning it into something that it didn't need to be because I was caught up in my mind and putting those expectations on myself and how I was going to react, how the day was going to be, the pressure of it. I just leaned into the moment. So I would definitely encourage you to do that That's when it looks at the holidays to set those expectations. Don't set those expectations. Have boundaries. Speak up for yourself. One of my personal quotes that I, I made is to speak your mind to protect your heart. Don't feel like no is better than, uh, I mean, excuse me, uncomfortable is better than resentment. So mm -hmm. it's better for you to just feel uncomfortable with, with how people might react to you saying, nah, I pass on that. I think what's best for me is to be, my, be by myself. So I would encourage them to do that when it's just not pertaining to the holidays itself. I think it's to be still and to listen to yourself. What is your grief telling you? For me personally, my grief has told me a lot just by being still and just really being in it versus trying to, you know, mask it with certain things or cover it up with certain things. Or this is the other thing. I know I'm all over the place, but you can't outrun it. Like you, you, you can't outrun grief. Mm -hmm. I just believe that it's something that's going to be with you forever. It's going to be a forever experience. I don't believe the mourning process, which grief, grieving and mourning are two different things. Grief is the inward thoughts and the process mm -hmm. and the inside your mind where mourning is the outward expression. I like to say that mourning is grief going public. So I think that that part of it may cease and you may get more comfortable and have less of those outbursts and moments that just really tear you down, but, but it's going to be a journey. So just like any other journey, any other marathon in your life, you have to pace yourself, Absolutely. trust yourself, reach out for help and, and be curious. Absolutely. So in the conversation of the grief piece, for those who are actually struggling with the grief right now, um, I talked about a few different things the other day, one of which was this idea that um, you've got to be able to stand up, you know, and, and uh, be comfortable in being honest and setting your boundaries. Um, I think specifically for people early on, obviously, as you yes. get as you, as you, as time goes, you get better with it, but early on. And what would you speak to that um, when it comes to the individuals who are struggling early on in grief? In terms, terms of the holidays or just in general? I think, well, you know what? I feel like it goes hand in hand, right? The holidays, it kind of, um, I feel like the holiday, it, it kind of um, uh, microscopes it a little it. more. Yeah, it yeah, yeah, definitely. The, it heightens the expectation but the reality is that the holidays is really just a heightened sense of what's already there every right. day, right? Mm -hmm. So yes, I, I think they go hand in hand. So what would you say, no matter what it is, but definitely during the holiday? I would, I would definitely say that you're not, you're not crazy. I think that's very important for me. Whenever I have mm, the opportunity and the, and the platform to speak on this subject, I have to reassure the listener that they are not crazy. You also are not alone. I think that there's power in community. 
So mm -hmm. maybe you can find some sort of online support group, whether that's a, a Facebook group or, you know, a DM, whatever it is, different things that you can connect. Because I think to try to walk this road by yourself is very scary one and very difficult. Mm -hmm. So it might be too late in notice to get an appointment with a therapist, but that's something that I also always advocate for. But maybe find a buddy, find a grief buddy, someone that you can feel comfortable with, someone that can help you be like a sacred outlet for you yeah. because it can be overwhelming and a lot in your mind and it can and i'm gonna be honest and forget about being politically correct or talking in a way that's not you know real and raw but this is hard it's hard mm -hmm. stuff and it can really make you feel crazy it can spiral and trigger a depression it could just make you become angry and mean and, and not mm -hmm. yourself because i think a lot of times my message comes off that i think everyone needs to help and support the griever but i think us as grievers have an accountability and responsibility as well to still show up as a good human, although we're going through this, what could be deemed as a dark moment in our life or a dark time, mm -hmm. you still have to be kind and as pleasant as possible. So I think the best way to do that sometimes is to know your limits. So you don't put yourself in positions where you will lash out and be angry and, you know, not represent yourself in the best light, I guess. That's so so hopefully that part makes sense. No, it makes a lot of sense. And I think that that's really good. Thank you so much for sharing your heart with that. Um, I think it's so important. And I'm super, I'm happy that you broke that down the way that you did, because I think a lot of times we don't, we, we think of grief and we think, oh, you know, we think of the word per se, but you actually broke it down in actions where you talked about the attitude change, how we respond sometimes like, what does grief actually look like, right? Like, so right. for me, I know that, I have seen grief from a standpoint of, um, man, I remember uh, watching someone very close to me uh, gain a gambling addiction from grieving a loss. I, I've seen people's attitude change when it comes to, they might've been a super extrovert and a lover of people, but because of the grief, their attitude has completely changed. They're not the same maybe in a moment where they used to be more of a loving individual, they are now like super brash, super harsh, like it's changed. Um, and then sometimes I think it's just the simple part of our actions, right? We gain addictions to, to small things. We, maybe some of the areas that were, that used to be strengths for us, we, we've stopped investing into and now it's become a thing where we're closed off, right? And so you, I just want to thank you because you really broke that down in detail for us. No, you're welcome. I think what came up to me just now when you were saying that is a couple of things. So I, I'm a quote person, guys, hint, hint the fact that I <laughs> did a journal, uh, you know, at some point in my past life, I was a poet. Sometimes I dabble in it now. And one of the realest things I ever wrote was, and I talked about this on my last podcast episode, is I missed a part of me that died when you did. Ooh, and wow. and that wow. yeah yeah and and that's that's real and I say that because last just last evening I was struggling I've over the time of losing my grandmother over the last three years there's been many times that I've wanted her here I've wanted her presence I've wanted to see her but there hasn't been that many times that I felt like I needed her and last night was a moment where I my soul just felt like I need her like I need my grandmother so bad and mm. so I took a picture out and I looked at a picture on my phone of her and I, and I was looking in my eyes and I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't even shared this with anyone yet. And my eyes just looked different. Like it was a picture of her and I, like my arm was around her and it's actually on my social media. 
and it was just to me it was a glare it was like man there's like a different spark in your eye like there's something different about you in this picture than pictures that I see now not that I look angry or upset in pictures but it just that whole part of of that quote rang so loudly so what I say that to the person is when you're going through loss and you do change that's real like you have now have to understand how to navigate and live a life without that person. And sometimes just the mere fact that of death itself is something that just can trigger you and spiral you down a path that you're uncomfortable with and unfamiliar with. And that can be very scary. So mm-hmm. I said to say, I, I looked at the picture, I cried my eyes out. I woke up this morning. I'm like, man, you look like hell. What happened to you? And I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. Because the thing is, I let myself have that moment. And then I moved on, I went to bed. And that's what I mean about eventually, with the right work, with the right intention, you can get to that place where it becomes little speed bumps, the grief, the mourning, I mean, and not so much these ditches that you stay in. So it was like, I was having a decent day, then I felt like I needed her so bad. Look at the picture, I'm like, man, some part of you died, and I'm crying. And the next day, I'm here on a podcast talking about it, like actually kind of chuckling. So if I could say what I would love to see someone's grief experience go to and in a certain amount of time, I don't know what that time is, but eventually is to be able to get to the point where they trust themselves. You don't completely unravel and stay there, but you do, there's power in tears and you cannot, in my personal opinion, heal or begin to heal or get through the grieving process if you don't allow yourself to mourn. That's so good. Yeah. Power in tears. Definitely. Um, I have had this random thing, so I, I couldn't really explain it growing up. But there would be random times where I would have a thought about something or someone and I would just, I would cry. It makes me sad. Sometimes it was a thought of something that had yet taken place. But I think that it spoke to how strong grief is, is that sometimes when you think of losing somebody who might be closer to death or the change of a situation, And even the thought of the change can start to speak to emotions for something that hasn't manifested itself yet, right? Mm -hmm. And that just goes to speak to how strong grief is. And so the fact that you said that is so strong, um, because I know for me personally, um, and it's crazy because it's been 13 years now since my grandfather's passed away, but he was the nucleus for my family. You talk about 11 kids, even with the one that passed away, that, that him and my grandmother had. We had family reunions every year um, during the summertime. Thanksgiving was always at my mom and dad's house. Christmas was always at my grandparents' house. And they probably stayed seven minutes away from each other. So, <laughs> so, you know, and, and, and so it, it's crazy to see that dynamic change. Grandpops died in March of 06. And literally nothing was the same, like immediately after. Family moved, things changed, and I could not for the life of me understand like at random times during specific seasons or specific times when events used to take place, I'd have this overwhelming feeling of sadness. Yeah. And many times that's us as people, right? We find Mm -hmm. ourselves dealing with this feeling and we can't explain where it's coming from. Right. But that's grief. Yeah, you got to listen. Which leads me to this next point of 
some of us are going through grief and we don't even realize it. We're just responding with the actions of it. Please, can you speak to that? Yeah, so that's that's a lot there. I, I think there are so many people in that position that it, it saddens me to an extent because this is the other part of it. I believe that you can't heal from what you can't put a name to. Mm, and you can't good. put a name to what you're not curious about. So if you keep having these same feelings and red flags and trigger moments like that, depending on the season or the time of year or all those things that you just mentioned, you got to be curious about that. Yeah, but often yeah. because we're in such a go, 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 move and shake world, grind, you're just like, oh, I just feel down today. Oh, I'm just not yeah. feeling myself. But like, what, 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 like, why don't you ask yourself why? Why do I feel like this? <laughs> so why is good. this bugging yes. me? Because the answers will be there if, you know, if you become curious about it. But the other part is that we are allowing so many things to be considered our character traits, our mm. characteristics, our flaws. I mean, excuse me, yeah, our flaws and, and those these parts of our character that we exemplify that aren't good, that's just who I am. That's just who I am. What? Mm -hmm. That's just who you are. How wow, can that? That's a hell of, that's this a, that's a, hell of a disclaimer. Yeah. That, this is what your issues have turned you into. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Like, but you're not curious about that? Like, yeah. why do I snap out when that person says this? So why do I cry when I go there? Why? And so I, I'm preaching to myself as well. There's a lot. Because you know why, Richard? It's scary there. That's mm. scary. I don't want to, oh, I can't, I can't look there. I, whoa, whoa, what, what I might see, I might not be able to handle, mm -hmm. control, be ready for. There's parts of my personality that people call me out on. I'm like, it took me a while. I'm like, nah. But then I'm like, okay, three or four people are saying this. You kind of <laughs> got to think like, all right, maybe that is something that I need to work on. But yeah. again, it's a work in progress. I think there are so many things that we were talking about here. I don't want anyone to feel overwhelmed in terms of where to start and what to do. But from what I hear us both saying, be curious. If, you're, if, if nothing else, be curious about how you feel in certain situations, your emotions, and don't let anybody else dictate that. Mm -hmm. And this is the other thing I would say to the grievers out there is don't let people talk your grief away. Sometimes we have to be, because, okay, you're going to ask me about the person who hasn't dealt with grief. So I'll try to remember and save that for that, that person. But yeah, so just definitely be mindful of that and not let anyone, you know, talk you in and out of your grief and just do it for yourself. So Yeah, that's good, right? And so one of the things I talked about in the conversation with Trey Busy the other day was this idea that we have got to, um, we've got to identify. And after we identify the grief, we've got to acknowledge that it's there, right? Because some of us, we can do exactly what you said and we can pinpoint it. We can put a name to it, but even in putting a name to it, because we are very prideful, very proud human beings, even preach preacher, <laughs> even, even in putting a name to it, we will, we will deny what we know to be true. Exactly. Or make excuses for it too. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so I'm glad that you said that, but it, it is one of those things where it's like, yo, like the quicker you can be honest the quicker your healing can come. And that, that's a real thing. Like, that's okay, right? So thank you for saying that. You, you, you really put us into that last um, space, though, when it comes to the grief conversation, which is the individual who maybe has either yet to deal with grief, mm -hmm. or it's the individual who hasn't dealt with grief, but you live in a world full of grieving people. 
um, what is your role in this? It doesn't mean that just because you don't deal with grief, you are obsolete from the conversation. Right. You play a part in helping somebody else. What would you give to individuals outside looking in, whether they knowingly um, are helping people that are dealing with grief or whether they are unknowingly in that space where it's like, yo, I'm not helping anybody, but um, I'm seeing more signs of people around me that could possibly be dealing with grief. So there's a couple of things there. I'm actually, I've actually been shocked lately of how many people have not experienced complicated loss or complicated grief in their lives. And I'm low key hating to an extent. I'm <laughs> like, oh man, I wish I still had my people, but yeah, I feel like my immediate circle and just being wrecked out of here, but it's all a part of life. But I would definitely say a couple of things. I think one thing I always like to, to say is to learn to be an understanding listener. Yeah. And what I mean by that is just because someone is expressing themselves to you and talking to you and come to you for support, doesn't mean you have to have an answer. Doesn't mean you have to just say things like, and that's the other thing you can Google this. There's different lists. that tell you things to not say, but mm -hmm. like, well, just be happy that you had that time with them or be thankful for it. Like, you know, and, it's going to be, it's fine. It, like all of those things, like just, it's better that you just are more so supportive as a mm -hmm. listener, reassure the person that they're not alone, that you are here for them, mm -hmm. but don't try to explain it away. And sometimes you're not trying to be mean. You're just trying to help them see like, you know, well, at least you did have those 20 years. You know, some people don't get to have, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. You know, and, and this is, this is one that I know all the God's people forgive me when I say this. It was God's plan. Okay. So it's, it's kind of to an extent, depending on where your faith lies and your belief system. Even if you do believe that that was God's plan, nobody wants to hear that this was God's plan. If I'm a parent and I just lost my newborn child, do you think that I can accept in that moment that it was God's plan for me to have my baby for one day? Time and space. Time and I, space. I, yeah, I carried this child for nine months, and now I don't have my baby when the room is set up. You got their name on the wall, mm. all of these things, all these clothes, and you're going to tell me that that was God's plan, and, and God, they served their purpose. What purpose? They were alive for a day. Yeah. You know, so uh, so sometimes I think we're just conditioned to say certain things that we learned along the way. Yes. Yeah, but but not being mindful of, of what that says. So I would say become an understanding listener. Be mindful. And I would honestly say error more on the side of caution than just doing too much. So because good. just I, I have a friend that's dealing with a lot right there as far as being supportive to people who are to someone in their life that's grieving. And it is hard. It is really hard, especially depending on a person. Everyone's personality is different. So what mm. everyone needs is going to be different. So I always say, and I've said this before a million times, is ask the person, mm -hmm. what does support look like? Let them answer it for you. And then figure out, hey, am I able to give them support in that way? And if not, so maybe you help them find a tool or a resource or another person. Like, it is not your responsibility to solve this. And I think a lot of friends and people in my life had to understand that. And they were like, man, because that, that was so hard. I just want to take your pain away. And I just want you to smile and be happy. And sometimes you got to realize that, it's not for you to do that. That's like good. it's, it's really not, you know, it's, it's a part of, it's something that you have to go through in a process. And I do believe that things are God's plan and that, you know, God's going to be our refuge and our strength through those times. So I'm not saying that, but sometimes all you can do is pray for people and show up. 
So, mm. and also pay attention to the signs because I had a friend of mine who he, he purchased a journal and he said to me, he hasn't really experienced loss, but by just going through it and looking at the questions, he was able to learn what to look out for, what to expect, like what he could potentially feel like when he's in that situation. So learn to be empathetic. Yeah. I mean, excuse me. Uh, yeah. Learn the difference between sympathy and empathy. Mm, and if so, you yeah. haven't been through it, it's hard to extend the empathy, empathetic side of it. So we're being sympathetic and we just got to like, you know, I guess, watch those lines and tiptoe and be careful on how we approach. So definitely just open lines of communication and understand that you are going to experience this, Yeah, you no, know, so, so <laughs> in one capacity. Or I mean, we all experience loss. We all experience grief often, maybe every month, every day, depending on you lose your job, you lose this, all these things. But as far as losing an actual loved one, a person, a human being that meant something to you, we're going to all experience it. So just show, do be the person that you will want to have there for you should you ever land yourself on the front or a second row of a funeral and or you've got to you know close caskets and all that stuff like that you know understand that that's a real thing yeah and I think too um just what you said was so powerful like we have gotten used to saying our own cliches whether in the faith or not um we say things oh just you just gotta believe yeah yeah throw stuff out there right and so right in the space of throwing stuff out there, um, we don't realize that uh, people don't need our Instagram quotes right. in the time where the pain is the hardest. Mm, yes. They need us in real life. Yep. They, they need us present. And, and sometimes your, your biggest encouragement can come from you shutting up and not saying anything when you don't know what to say. Yep. I'm working on a new book right now. And one of the things I'm talking about in this book is the power of our presence. Mm. Where sometimes it's not about what we can do, but rather our natural being of just being present is enough. Mm. So I think there is a charge for people who aren't dealing with grief, but need to learn empathy to understand and learn to discern what's needed from them now granted mm-hmm. yes we can't read minds but with the tension that comes with the spaces that we're in we can definitely fill out the space that we're in to know what we need to do and what we need to be in those moments I totally agree and i'm excited for your book <laughs> oh yeah i'm look i'll come up with the fire in 2020 but it's we we all eating this year. Listen, 2020, it, it we I receive eat. it. Let's we go. We are eating. We're eating from individual projects. We're eating together. It's about to be uh your tax bracket is shifting by three years type of year. I mean by yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's go. you feel me? I'm yeah. excited. But it comes from this. I'm man, I'm prophesy that in this podcast right now, and I didn't even part of this conversation, but I'm gonna prophesy that like seriously. Many of us are about to walk into a space where we are going to shift, not just for the sake of shifting, but the things that we're passionate about, the pains that we've been prepared through are going to be Mm. the very things that cause us to shift in a financial space. 
Mm, I receive it. Where can I send my where where can I send my offering? You take cash. Come on, PO box. No. <laughs> Let's go. Oh, wow. yeah, I am so happy that we got a chance to have this conversation today. Likewise. I'm so blessed to have you in my life. So blessed to see the great strides that you are making, um, just in the work that you're doing. And obviously, your work spans beyond grief, but you are an expert in the conversation. Wow, thank you. And you, you are an expert of your own experience, and that lived experience is causing you to help other people to break free. And I just want to say thank you for sharing your life and sharing your heart. It means the world to me, and I know it's leaving a stamp on so many people. Before we close this podcast real quick, do me two favors. I need you to first drop just a word of encouragement for folks listening before we get off this. So if you if you have one thing to say to people, what would it be? And then secondly, let us know how we can follow you and support you furthermore. I would say the same God that did it before can do it again. That's it. And and that's it. And I just remember, you know, like I think a lot of times for myself, that has been that for this for me this week has been it. Like why am I why am I so shaken up? Why is my faith so small in this moment mm. when I know like I have lived proof experience of what God can do so why am I not standing firm on that so that's what I would say is that the same God in anything in grief and life whatever you're going through remember that you were never truly forsaken even in a moment where you felt forsaken then you got to think about the footprints and I ain't gonna start preaching but even in those moments Mm -hmm. you were carried right in one capacity or another so I'm not trying to preach listen I know everybody's not believers, but I am. So I'm going to always, you know, rock so out with great. that first. That's it. I and then it. they can, uh, you can find me at, oh, I, I spend most of my time on Instagram. Just be honest, full transparency. I do Same. have a Facebook, a Facebook group. <laughs> um, you can type, go to Facebook and type in the Grief Fully Tribe. You can follow me on Instagram personally at I underscore AM underscore J Nicole. I'm most active there. You can look at my podcast anywhere you, I mean, listen to my podcast anywhere they are available, the Grief Fully Podcast. And if you want to purchase a couple of my journals, go to jnicolejones.com, J-N-I-C-O-L-E-J-O-N-E-S.com, and you can get it there. And I'd love to connect with you guys. Don't be a stranger. Boom. I love it. Thank you so much. I love you dearly. I'm so grateful for you. Um, Thank you for gracing us today with your experience and with everything that you bring to the table. This concludes this three-part series the week before Christmas on dealing with grief during the holiday. Um, I am your host, Richard Taylor. This is the Between the Dream podcast. I want to let you all know that even with the holidays coming up, you are not alone. Um, And with that being said, thank you all so much for tuning into this space. There are resources available. And that journal that Jay Nicole talked about is one of them. That podcast that Jay Nicole talked about is another one. Um, You'll find something beneficial there. As you get ready to go into this holiday season, I just want to encourage each of you all to uh, take some time to practice one piece of gratitude every day. Something that you're grateful for, even in your loss. Because even in loss, we are still in a space of winning because we have been granted the opportunity to be alive to learn, grow, and be a help in the life of somebody else. And that's what's important. Even in our grief, there's strength. Even in our pain, there's power. 
And as always, you're not losing in life. You're not failing. You are simply between the dream. What is between the dream? It's the point between your present moment and your promise. I like to call this space the process. Between the dream is your process. When you embrace your process, you embrace your progress. And when you embrace your progress, you can walk into every promise, every purpose, and every plan that is meant for your life. Happy holidays. I'm looking forward to talking to you all on Christmas Eve, actually. I'm going to do a special countdown of my top 10 Christmas movies and my top 10 Christmas songs. I'm excited for you all to tune into that on Christmas Eve, December 24th. But until then, take this, learn, grow, and let's make sure that we become better. Until next time.